Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today is International Jazz Day, so we're celebrating one of the genre's best. Herbie Hancock joins me to discuss his early days with Miles Davis and why Snoop Dogg thanked him for inventing hip-hop. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Jason. Anytime. Anytime you want to come on WTOP. <laughs> now, um... <laughs> well, here I am. Here I am. Here he is. Yeah, I think we've even spoke to you on the red carpet a couple times. I'm always at the Kennedy Center for the honors. Memories of the night that you were honored. Oh, that night? Oh, it was... <laughs> it was pretty, pretty amazing. Actually, the honorees, we, we all kind of bonded together. That day, I mean, it was great having uh, Carlos Santana also receive the Kennedy Center honor the same day I did. Because we've been friends for many, many years, you know. And then to meet uh, Shirley McLean was a, a joy, you know. And and Billy Joel, and I mean, it was it was an amazing event. And and it started off with Bill O'Reilly introducing me, which shocked everybody, <laughs> yeah, including me, because I didn't know. You know, they don't tell the honorees what's going to happen. Yeah. And and it turns out he's actually a, a big fan of mine. That's, oh. that's what I, I had I actually found that out before. Um, but <laughs> Oh, wow. That's, that's wild. Didn't didn't also, the, I think the, if, if I have the right year, I think the Beastie Boys came out and, and Snoop Dogg came out and, and credited you and said, thanks for creating hip-hop in a way. I mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Snoop did. And, and. I asked him later, I said, hey, man, you're giving me way more credit than I'm due. <laughs> and he, he said, he said, no, I'm not. He said, if it wasn't for Rocket, he said, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing. Wow. Because that's how he, how he heard hip-hop really for the first time. And that started him on, on that journey. Absolutely. Or, I mean, even like, you know, Cantaloupe. I remember that, that, that hip-hop group sampled your Cantaloupe Island. So, uh, yeah. Us three. Us three, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he isn't giving you too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated it any, any, anyway. I, I really did. Because, I mean, I, it, it never occurred to me that Rocket would be the, the thing to really launch Snoop on his journey. See, you never know who you're touching, you know what I mean? You never know. Who was it as for you as a kid, you know, if Snoop was inspired by you when he was young, well, who was it for you? I mean, there were a lot of different people. I mean, harmonically, first uh, uh, it was the four freshmen and then the high-lows. They were vocal groups. Mm-hmm. They were doing modern harmonies. And, and, and it turned out that one of the writers for the high-lows was the main person whose arrangements I kind of gravitated towards. So he was a, a big influence. Donald Byrd is a big influence. He's the guy that discovered me also. Amazing trumpet player. Uh, Miles Davis, big influence on me. Right. But 
prior to that, I I started off listening to not just classical music, but also to rhythm and blues and uh, a lot of what they call the doo-wop groups. Yeah. Back in in the forties, I mean, I used to listen to those groups, you know, stand on the corner and go, ooh, 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 ooh. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so I remember it was the, the Midnighters was one of them, and the Five Thrills was another. You know, so that that was like the music from my my neighborhood and and my peers. But my parents listened to Count Basie and Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald and, and various other people. Right. It wasn't until I was in high school that I became interested in jazz. Mm. And, and, and what did it was when I saw a kid in my class improvising on the piano with a bass player and a drummer. <laughs> he was doing something on my instrument that I couldn't do. And it sounded cool. <laughs> so... And it, it seemed like they were having a lot of fun. So I, I said, I want to know how to do that, you know. And, and that was a turning point in my life. Yeah, the, re- the rest is history. You mentioned Miles Davis, and I know that you became part of the Miles Davis quintet there pretty early on in your career. What did you pick up from, from Miles in person as opposed to just listening to him like when you were a kid? But now you're actually, you know, working beside him. The first thing that I noticed was that he was listening to me and what I was playing and listening to the drummer, he was listening to everybody in the band when he was soloing and and being influenced by the elements. In other words, we didn't just play something in the background that would be like just some kind of pad. We were playing ideas behind him, and he would respond to those ideas, and react to them, and use those ideas to help shape his improvised solos. Right. Whether they were rhythmic or or whether they were like linear ideas or melodic ideas or harmonic ideas, and it made the band sound like it was a band because everything was integrated. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, and we uh, in Buddhism we call that itai doshin. It's many bodies with one mind. Wow, you know, that's real unity. You know, and uh, so that was the first thing that I, I picked up on. But the other thing that was really important is the fact that Miles always encouraged his musicians to not just play what you know. He said, I pay you to explore new stuff. Mm. I pay you to try things, he said. I mean, you can't get better than that. <laughs> well, you get paid to even make mistakes. Yeah. If you're going to do unexpected things, but in doing that, some of them are not going to sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're paid to experiment like you're saying. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And and I've tried to keep that in the work that I've done and with the groups that I've had. Yeah, absolutely. Explain how that sort of factored into to maybe you experimenting a little bit with with the synthesizers. I know you're probably one of the first to to weave that into jazz, right? Yeah, was I was one of the first people. Um Absolutely. That that was uh, a, a very important part of, of the various kinds of explorations I've done over the years. But what I really feel that it comes from is the fact that jazz is a music that expresses the moment. Right. And every moment is different. And so Miles has the courage to not just try to repeat something that you know worked in the past and so it should work now, but try to see 
what new things you can come up with. Absolutely. And and th- well, through doing that, you've come up with, man, so many different pieces that we, you know, the first like few notes you hear it, you go, oh, that's Herbie. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, oh, and so we can't, I mean, we can't go into all of them, obviously, but um, maybe take me just into your, your creation of, of Watermelon Man. Do you remember where you were when you came up with that? Yep. I was uh, 22 years old, and I had the opportunity to perhaps do a record on the Blue Note record label. And uh, it was Donald Byrd that actually put that in place with the uh, owners of the label, uh, Alfred Lyon and Frank Wolf. And um, anyway, what normally happens is that you, you prepare some pieces that you want to do on, on, on the record, and then you, you kind of play these pieces or these arrangements just by yourself for the owners of the label. And if, if they like it, you know, maybe they'll do the record. If they don't like it, they won't do the record. I mean, Donald Byrd, by the way, he really took me under his wing and took me in as a roommate and and really showed me the ropes about the music industry and publishing and a lot of other things. Anyway, he told me half the record is for you and half the record is for the record company. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, half the record can be your songs. The other, other songs would have to be something that could sell the record because it's a business. Mm-hmm. And he said that th- then the things that sell are things that are familiar, like a blues or a song that has what they call rhythm changes. That's from Gershwin's I Got Rhythm, harmonic chord changes. Those were the two basic forms in, in, in jazz. And, and they still still are. They're really the only set forms in jazz. So I figured I could do that. But then I started to think, oh, wait a minute. Horace Silver, he sells records, and they're his compositions. And so I said, well, what is it about his compositions that people like? And I said, oh, they're kind of funky jazz compositions. So I'm, I'm from Chicago. If I can't write a funky jazz composition, I said, turn in my uh, <laughs> city card. <laughs> <laughs> And so I decided to write about something that I was familiar with, and that was a watermelon man going through the alleys of Chicago. And that's what really started that conversation. Wow, that's yeah. great. We could go into all your stuff, uh, Maiden Voyage, Chameleon, there's so much. I mean, even TV, Fat Albert, or, or Around Midnight, you won an Oscar, man. You can do it all. Everybody, Herbie Hancock, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.